Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you today, Troy Cogburn, who is the Vice President for Admissions and Marketing at Manhattanville College in beautiful Purchase, New York. Troy, so glad to have you here today. How are you? John, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited to join you today. I'm excited to talk about Manhattanville College and hopefully answer a lot of questions for prospective students and families. Well, we're excited to have you. And again, we appreciate your time. So let's get right to it, Troy. What is it about Manhattanville College that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? It's everything, John. We have a castle. <laughs> um, no, okay. Um, there are a lot of things that make Manhattanville appealing to students from the New York area, but especially throughout the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, the first thing is our community. Uh, we're an institution, like many, who talks about diversity, but the minute you step foot on our campus, you see the diversity, and I think that that means something to both students and families. And when you see diversity, your community acts in a way that is inclusive and open to everyone, and it makes it feel more like students are at home. Uh, so, and when I speak to diversity, of course, ethnicity plays a part, but we're really mindful at Manhattanville of geographic diversity, of socioeconomic diversity, and those students that bring uh, something different to our community that, that help enhance it and make it uh, a special place to, to anyone who chooses to uh, step foot on our campus. Uh, also, opportunity. We are in metropolitan New York, and that has its advantages. We're close to New York City, um, which is great. But uh, to take advantage of that um, closeness, that proximity, uh, all of our students at Manhattanville are required to complete an internship or experiential learning uh, course or experience uh, before they graduate. And where we are, it allows those students who want to be in the city Monday through Friday or even on the weekends for that opportunity, 
easy access. We have a shuttle that goes down there regularly. But we're also about two minutes outside of White Plains, New York, which is uh, a huge uh, business center in Westchester County. And students will a lot of times have um, internship opportunities that turn into employment uh, for them right in our downtown. And then about 10 to 15 minutes uh, to the left of us is Greenwich, Connecticut. And not far from that is Stanford, Connecticut which is attractive to students that do want to be in an urban uh, or even closer to suburban environment uh, for their professional and personal lives um, and who just don't want New York City, quite frankly, because not everyone wants to uh, have that New York City experience. So this is a nice alternative for them uh, to see uh, what it would be like in a different type of setting. And our students really appreciate that. Uh, that diversity and opportunity. And then to our north, for anyone interested in rural uh, living experiences, we have Bear Mountain and uh, quite a few um, employment opportunities, both in education and in nursing for students uh, with uh, several affiliates in that area. And that's only about a half an hour north of us. Uh, and then the last thing is our location, uh, which I kind of just covered when <laughs> discussing opportunity. But I, I feel that where we are situated truly allows our students to experience the best of New York, but some of the best of Connecticut. And we're about 20 minutes from New Jersey. Uh, so you can really see Tri-State uh, at its finest. And uh, that's a pretty cool experience, I think. Uh, for our students, and I should also add our administrators and faculty, who uh, many have been with the college for decades, uh, which uh, is a great uh, reassurance, I think, for our prospective students and families. Well, we appreciate that overview, and I love how you talk about the location close to Greenwich, Stanford, White Plains. And yes, if they want to come to New York City, they could come to New York City as well. It really does sound like Manhattanville has something for everyone. So we appreciate that, Troy. I was curious, how many applications do you review a year? And do you, Troy, actually represent a specific region? Sure. Um, our admissions team uh, reviews close to 4,000 applications annually. Wow. Uh, we enroll students from nearly 30 states. This year, actually, we have students from 16 countries. I've been saying all summer, I'm so excited because we have uh, multiple students coming from both the state and the country of Georgia, uh, which is <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a fun thing. It's a, it's a pretty cool thing to me because, obviously, there's just so much diversity represented in that statement alone, and, and we're just excited about that. But every single application that comes to our office is actually read by at least two counselors who uh, will provide initial recommendations for the, our admissions committee uh, the, who will then make the final decision on our applicants. And we do that because I think that in many places across the country, um, admissions is based solely on your academics, right? What does your transcript look like? What do your SAT scores look like? And those things, of course, you're going to write down a person's GPA, but that doesn't tell the story of a student, uh, certainly not our students at the college. And we want our counselors to take the time reading recommendation letters, uh, reading the student's uh, personal story in their essay, because they do tell us many times if they've struggled 
and how they've overcome that. So uh, it's important to us to read through all 3,800 applications <laughs> through a cycle <laughs> and um, uh, make sure that we are truly uh, enrolling students that will be committed to our culture of inclusivity and openness uh, to all people. Well, we appreciate that overview and the insight. Thank you so much, Troy. And I was curious, what are some of the things, Troy, that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending Manhattanville College? And do you track such things? We do. And, you know, I'll give you the, I think the easy answer first is you have to attend a campus visit. You should step foot on our campus, especially now that things are slowly, we're finding our new normal. And you need to see if you can find comfort here. Uh, whenever we have the opportunity to meet with students one-on-one -on -one and hear their story, that's always great uh, for us, but it's even better for you because you're exposed to us and you're exposed to our community when you're in person. But we, uh, we have a very large uh, school of education and many of our alums work in the school districts in the immediate area, but also far. And we love hearing from them uh, when their students are applying to our institution. And actually, in May, we had a high school teacher contact us from a school in Brooklyn and say that one of her juniors was doing a whole presentation about why she wanted to apply to Manhattanville. And the minute we heard, we were able to reach out to the students, send her swag and you know, encourage her <laughs> going in uh, to the next year. Because if you would actually do a presentation about us when you haven't even applied yet, that wow. shows us something about who you are. And that's just different. Uh, so we try to keep our ear tuned to really what's happening in the high school classrooms as well as when the students visit our campus. And uh, yeah, those would be the two examples I think I would give uh, that really stand out. Well, again, we appreciate that insight, Troy. And I was also wondering, what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of anything that you collect, such as GPA, SAT, ACT scores? Well, for us, we are an SAT blind school. So uh, I'd say close to 70% of the students do still submit the SAT, but it has absolutely no weight on a student's admission to Manhattan or college. Um, we, we've really done away with that idea that a test score really determines a, a student's ability to be successful. So I will say that. Um, our average GPA of our incoming class this year is a 3.35. Um, the students um, have performed uh, very well, and we're pleased by that. I don't want that GPA, though, to turn away students who feel like, um, you know, with an 80, that they will never have an opportunity at Manhattanville. Because again, it's not about the score. It's about you as a person and what you will contribute to this community. Um, there could be a student with a, a 79 GPA that has really battled personal trauma um, or has just had life-changing uh, experiences at a young age. And we can see in that transcript a change in them in junior year where things may have gotten better. And that student could still be successful at Manhattanville. So not to carry on, but I just uh, I want to make that clear because we're as happy as we are with our academic profile, it does not mean... Uh, anything in terms of who should and should not uh, apply for admission. 
Well, you're definitely not carrying on. And those are great pieces of information. And I love how you described it. It's about you as a person. And basically what you're saying is that you take a look at the holistic approach. Of course, you look at the transcript, the GPA, but you also want to look at the student as a person. And it sounds like you give more than enough students a shot to come and prove themselves and have a great four years at Manhattanville. So we really appreciate that insight, Troy. Thank you so much. What about interviews, Troy? Is that something else that you allow in terms of giving the students an opportunity to uh, let you know who they are? Do you conduct interviews, whether they're evaluative or simply just informative? And if you do conduct those interviews, if you could just elaborate in terms of how it plays out at your campus and is it part of your overall application? Sure. So if a student is going on our website or, you know, Instagram or whatever, they're not going to see uh, schedule an appointment for an admissions interview. That's not something that's outwardly promoted, but it is certainly uh, something that is available when students request it. Sometimes a student or a family might feel that it's just easier for them to express themselves in a one-on-one setting versus writing an essay, or maybe it's their anxiety in that essay that they just prefer uh, to meet in person, and our team is happy to meet with them, whether it be uh, one of our senior leaders in the enrollment office, or if they just want to talk to a counselor, uh, our entire team is very accessible that way. Uh, we, we, like many schools, will visit the individual high schools at least once a year, so that allows for another opportunity for a one-on-one uh, meeting with a counselor. But uh, for us, uh, at Manhattanville, we also offer on-site admission days where our some of our leaders in the office will visit Syosset High School, for instance, and we'll work with the guidance department to schedule appointments for students who uh, they'll come down, we'll review, and, and we'll interview them one-on-one, and within a half an hour, they'll receive an admission decision uh, on the spot. Now, I to not put the fear in anyone, if we feel that you're not ready for an on-the-spot decision. That doesn't mean you get denied. Actually, what we like about that is it allows for that one-on-one counseling a little bit more to develop that relationship of, okay, we're going to wait for your mid-year grades. Let's talk about what courses you're taking, who are the teachers you're working with. And we might even say, we want you to submit a recommendation from the class that you feel that you're performing um, the worst in, for the lack of a better <laughs> phrase, right. uh, because we want to hear how you are trying to really still be successful in spite of the odds that you feel are in front of you. Well, again, we appreciate that insight, and I love the way you explained the interview. Students, it's not mandated at Manhattanville. However, if you feel that your personality is such that it's easier for you to express yourself in an interview one-on-one with an admissions representative, then that's something you could take advantage of at Manhattanville. So again, Troy, we appreciate that insight. Troy, what are the different ways a student may apply to Manhattanville? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Every student is different, right? So I could answer this question probably 10 different ways, depending on who I'm speaking with. Uh, (laughs) We talked about the on-site admission days. Some students just like the ease of being able to submit everything quickly, get a decision, and move to the next phase of uh, the enrollment process. But traditionally, we have two um, uh, types of enrollment. We have early action, and we have regular, regular decision. 
early action at Manhattan College's non-binding admission. The reason that many of the students choose to apply early action is because they receive their decisions the quickest, but they also receive their financial aid packages um, first. They are the first to be considered for some of our special uh, scholarship uh, programs. We have a, a really great program called the Manhattanville Achievement Program, which covers the cost of tuition, housing, and a meal plan uh, for students. So they tend uh, to really want to get everything in so that they can be considered for that program. We only have eight spots. So uh, those students tend to move quickly. Uh, but uh, we also have close to 40% of our class identify as first generation. And for them, um, uh, many times they're just not able to apply uh, by our early action deadline, which is in the middle of November. And you don't want to deter those students either. So we offer regular decisions through a rolling admission process through the rest of the cycle. Uh, we don't um, all of a sudden take away uh, aid opportunities because you didn't apply for early admission. Uh, that's not the case. It's just a preference for each student and where they are in their own uh, application journey because it is a journey senior year. <laughs> it certainly is. And I appreciate you explaining the different ways to apply and the benefits to each of them. So thank you so much. I was also curious, Troy, does Manhattanville accept AP, IB, or dual enrollment classes for credit? We do. Uh, for IB, if it's an IBHL, uh, of course, we do accept the credit. I don't have all of them memorized, uh, the requirements, <laughs> but we do have that online for anyone who is taking IBHL. Unfortunately, the SL, we do not accept uh, uh, college credit for. Uh, with AP exams, if you score four or higher, uh, we will accept those as well. And uh, am I forgetting one? Oh, dual enrollment, of course. Dual <laughs> enrollment is uh, uh, plentiful. At Manhattan, a lot of students in the area especially take advantage uh, because we only charge them $150 a course. Wow. Uh, uh, and so they really uh, do uh, like to pursue that opportunity. But we have a few high schools that we work with where they can also take uh, Manhattanville courses at their high school. In all of those instances, whether you're here on campus or at the high school, as long as you're earning a C or better, the coursework will then be applied to your degree program should you enroll uh, into one of our bachelor's uh, programs. Well, that's very good to know. We appreciate it, Troy. And of course, students usually spend at least four years in a college. So visiting campus before committing to a school is so important for the student to get a feeling of the campus and of course the surrounding area. Taking tours and spending time on campus are things that can't easily be replicated online. So Troy, when a student comes to campus, what are the areas that they should visit and what are some questions they should be asking to help them determine if the school is in fact the right fit for them? It's a great question. And I agree. Visiting campus is just a different experience than being online, especially our campus here in Purchase, New York is a hundred acres. Wow. There's no way to really um, showcase how you feel when you enter a campus like this. Our, our main quad was designed by the same gentleman that designed Central Park. So we're very <laughs> proud of, of our space. Um, but I think when you, when you visit us, 
you shouldn't necessarily be asking about the scenery first. I think that's probably <laughs> not the way to go, but it's the right direction in that you are asking questions, which I just think is so important. And no one should be afraid to ask questions when you're on campus. Uh, for us, you might want to ask about spirituality. Uh, we used to be a Catholic institution. Um, we are not affiliated with the Catholic Church anymore, but we are very devoted to spirituality on campus. And we have our uh, Muslim um, chaplain. We also, well, we have our chaplain, and then we also have our rabbi on campus, and then we also have our um, Muslim chaplain who's uh, recently started this summer to try and serve all of our communities. We also have our main O'Byrne chapel on campus, but then we have the oldest chapel in Westchester County, our little chapel, which is a great place for students who like to meditate and who aren't necessarily affiliated with any uh, organized religion at all. So uh, those are really unique places on campus to visit. I think uh, it's pretty important for students to see what it's like in the residence halls. I think it's important to not talk to people like me. Uh, they should talk to <laughs> other students uh, when they're here. In fact, we like to encourage a lot of our guests to go and get lunch in our dining hall without any of us uh, as well, so that there's just that exposure of, of what a normal day is like. Um, that's so important to the college experience, in addition to learning about all of our facilities and whether it's the science labs, right? Or do, are you going to be able to do the research that you want to do? All of that is critical, but so much of college is about you finding yourself and, and the person that you would like to be. And that doesn't always happen in the classroom or in a lab. So when you're with us, we want you to talk to our community. Uh, that's uh, the most important thing. And then the, the questions are endless. And because I work in admissions, I could give you questions for days, like I do <laughs> uh, my family, but I think I'll stop there. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. And I love how you're explaining to the students to really immerse themselves in your culture, not only to talk to the people in admissions who, of course, are trained to give you tours and to answer all your questions, but take the time to speak to random students on campus. Take the time to go to a dining hall and have a meal. Those are things that are very important for you to really get a feel to see whether or not the school is the right fit for you. And by the way, if you feel that it's the right fit, that's great. And if you don't get that feeling, that's great too, so that you could continue on your journey to find the right place for you. So again, Troy, we really appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. Troy, how important are students' courses in progress and grades in their senior year and what are you looking for when reviewing them? It depends on the applicant. So uh, earlier we were talking about early action students. A lot of them who apply early action choose to submit all their documents before the end of the first quarter of senior year. And because of that, we don't have any senior year grades yet. So students are um, receiving admission decisions based on their first three years of high school. And it is important to know that we look at grades for all four years, every single quarter, every single course. Um, that does not mean that your overall GPA means the end-all be-all, but we say that we look at everything because we do want to see that story of who you've developed into uh, by the time you've reached senior year. And the early action students tend to be confident that they'll get and a favorable decision. So they submit everything <laughs> without us ever seeing senior year grades. That being said, 
we do look at the final transcript uh, when they complete senior year. So it's important to not sleep through senior year of high school just because you're admitted <laughs> early action. Uh, for the students that apply regular decision, uh, those uh, they tend to be after the first quarter grades are in. So we'll take a look at them, and uh, if we feel that you know there's been a major swing one way or the other, a lot of times we'll call a student if they didn't tell us about their their personal experience or what it, what it is that has affected this change in their essay or through the, the guidance counselor's recommendation, then we, we genuinely want to know more because uh, no one uh, wants to deny students to college. Right. That's not right. why I wanted to work in admissions. I love <laughs> seeing students their first day of college and then watching them walk across the stage uh, four years later, uh, earning that first um, higher ed degree, hopefully the first of several, who knows? Um, <laughs> I do want students to know that whether they're applying in November or they're applying in April, uh, that we're looking at the entire narrative of their story. So they shouldn't be stressed out if we're requesting mid-year grades. Um, it's just to get to know more of them. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Um, we just want to talk to you to understand uh, your story. Um, Everyone is allowed to make mistakes. It's about how you want to recover from them. So, again, if we're looking at your, your grades uh, through half of senior year and we haven't made a decision, that doesn't mean uh, that you give up hope. It means talk to us so that we can support you so that eventually you can join us here and I'll purchase in the fall. Well, it's great advice, and it talks to putting your best foot forward, not only in freshman, sophomore, and junior year, but of course, continuing throughout senior year and beyond. And students, if there is a dip, if something happens, let the admissions counselor know, whether it's something that you include in the essay, or if you call the admissions office, it's better to speak to them if something, in fact, did happen, rather than having them uncover it on their own, left with questions where then they are coming to you asking for you to uh, explain. So again, great insight, Troy. We really appreciate it. And of course, the college essay is another piece of the overall application. So Troy, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when they're sitting down to start writing their essay? John, this is a tough question. I think before <laughs> before the last two years, I think every year I would pick out three or four applications and essays who I would want to share, you know, with colleagues across campus. But um, something has changed with students in high school uh, during COVID, and uh, this year the the stories that impacted me were the students who really spoke to uh, personal struggles and uh, a lot of it was depression related. Uh, there, there seems to be trauma that these students were facing prior to COVID that have just only been that much more elevated during COVID. And it's not the story of their tragedy. Again, it's the way that they have overcome it or at least recognized that they've have an issue and how they are trying to do better with it. Uh, this theme has run through all year and I have read thousands of essays because I do read uh, many of these applications over several times over. Um, 
And over and over again this year, I was looking at strong high school transcripts, complete support systems from their high school teachers and their guidance counselors, and students who were just battling. They were fighting inner battles, uh, whether it be about their identity or uh, the loss of someone in their family or uh, physical or emotional uh, stress that's been put on them. Uh, they're, they're excelling in school, but their hearts have really been hurt. And to see that they are still persevering, they're finding a way to get around whatever that issue was, but to thrive beyond it. Um, it's, it, was, it was a tough year to read applications, but it was an inspiring year because this class really gives me hope that uh, change is going to continue to come. They're, they are so um, aware of what's happening. Their, their intelligence is, is beyond uh, where I think um, <laughs> we were a few decades ago with myself and my, my knucklehead friends graduating. No, they, uh, and the fact that they've chosen Manhattanville, they saw that this was a safe place for them. Um, we haven't talked much about identity and LGBTQ students, but they found a home here. Um, students of color, and I, I don't just mean black students. I mean, we have seen significant increases above 30% of white students, black students, Asian students, Hispanic students, students of more than one race. They're realizing that Manhattanville is a place that they can feel comfort that they can thrive academically, and that they can contribute uh, to the growth that's happening here and then leave their mark. It's a special thing. and I, I'm really looking forward uh, to welcoming them during convocation, but tomorrow's our second orientation, and I love just sitting and talking to them and, and, and getting to know who they are and who they'd like to be uh, when they are officially students here this fall. Well, that's a great answer, Troy. And yes, certainly the last couple of years have been very difficult for our students and obviously everyone involved. So we really appreciate how you talk about the diversity and how students have really found a place, a home in Manhattanville. And, you know, there are people like you there to help them out. And I'm sure you have many other supports in terms of counselors, psychologists, uh, for any help that students may need. And I do know that Manhattanville has something for everyone. There's quite a few students that have graduated from there, that are there currently, that, that I know personally, and it certainly is a very welcoming place. And when you talk about diversity, it's all diversity, right? It's all of the things that you mentioned and more, which actually leads me to my next question, which is, can you explain what opportunities Manhattanville offers students that may have had an IEP in high school in terms of helping to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus, Troy? Sure. Um, students who have learning differences or just need extra help a lot will take advantage of, we have a program that we call PAC, but it's the Pathways and Connections program. Uh, students have individualized meetings. Uh, they have weekly group sessions so that they're not alone uh, in trying uh, to advance their academic careers. Uh, they go through peer mentoring. We do social events on and off campus. In fact, we also run a camp in the summer that these students can possibly be counselors in. It's all about paying it forward, uh, realizing that you're never alone. 
uh, on your academic journey. And PAC has been something that Manhattanville has been uh, very proud of running for, for many years over. And we do have um, services for um, all students, but this, this program is different. There's a fee associated with it. I don't want to um, uh, try and make anyone think that this is just included. Uh, but for students that don't even need that, uh, the, the real hand-holding um, helicopter, if you will, support uh, for PAC, we do have services for everyone. Uh, we had talked about counseling services earlier. Absolutely, that's uh, there for all of our students. But PAC is something that we're very proud of. And whenever anyone is interested in that program, we try to have them speak directly with the coordinator so that you're hearing uh, not just the fluff that I might uh, give, but that they can give you the real details about the support services uh, and what it's like for those students uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but it, the support uh, for everyone in that program, especially those with uh, significant uh, uh, hurdles to overcome, uh, the support across campus is just undeniable from students, faculty, and staff alike. Well, we appreciate that, Troy. And I always include the Office of Undergraduate Admissions link in the show notes so that parents and students may find it and get more resources. If there are any other links you want me to share, just send them to me. And of course, I'll make them available to the students and parents in the show notes. So thank you again, Troy. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Uh, well, the first thing, when you're looking at Manhattanville and, and you're interested in also playing sports, it's what you said, student athlete. Our athletes recognize the academic demands first, and they're playing their sport uh, because there is real joy in playing, but they're not here on scholarship. Uh, we have wonderful facilities, state-of-the-art athletic facilities, 22 athletic teams, more championships uh, than I can count uh, across the board. Um, I, could, I was about to start listing them because I'm a real fan. But I also know we have a few athletes coming from Syosset. So I will say the lacrosse coach is one of my favorite people and uh, they're going to do big things. Uh, hockey is very popular with us. Uh, what's really cool about Manhattan, though, is that even though you know D3 is a lot of times we're not the ones on ESPN, um, but our students support our athletes. Uh, and it's because our athletes recognize that they're students as well, and they don't um, siphon themselves off, right? They don't just create an own wing in the residence hall where they're isolated and not talking to anyone except for other athletes. They're truly a part of our community. They're part of the different student organizations, and therefore uh, they receive support just as much as our theater students are, who are just as popular and have sellout shows um, every semester. Um, I would say, though, uh, if you are really interested in pursuing athletics at the D3 level, uh, always start with the coach. Uh, you can reach out right on the website uh, to just set up a time to have a conversation. Uh, it could be something as easy as, hey, I don't have your position. I'll be upfront and honest with you. Or the coach might say, I'll have something in a year for you. Uh, uh, but obviously, we all want to hear get in a reel and, and let's get you on campus for a workout, uh, which is inevitably what happens. Um, we also are bringing on a cheer team this year. So that's one more sport we're excited to add. 
Uh, we have men's and women's volleyball, both new sports uh, programs. So anyone out there listening, uh, we are actually actively looking for more recruits in these uh, uh, newer programs. But uh, as competitive as we might be, uh, we do want students to know that we're not trying again to turn those who want to pursue athletics away. And in fact, we've added uh, junior varsity teams in both basketball for men's and in baseball uh, because they were so popular that we just wanted to find other ways uh, for students to still be able to play. Uh, it shouldn't just be that we have to cap our, our teams. Uh, so it's the benefit of being at a smaller school and a, and a Division three program is that we, we all get to have fun as our programs uh, excel. I appreciate that. And obviously, there's a lot of growth in the athletic program. I love that you have some JV teams in areas where you saw a lot of uh, interest. And it's great that you're really trying to provide something for everyone, not only academically, but on the athletic field and beyond. So thank you, Troy. This has been an amazing conversation. And Troy, in conclusion, what are your top three pieces of advice you would give students and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? All right, so everyone's going to say have fun. And you will have fun, <laughs> but it's also going to be stressful. But what I will say is don't be afraid to ask for an application fee waiver would be the first thing. It, it starts a conversation. Uh, you're letting the, the school know that you are interested, um, but you would like a little support. But it also just opens that gateway for you to have a direct conversation with a counselor. Uh, it's an easy way to ask a simple question and not feel like you have to put together a paragraph in an email. Um, visiting campus, which we've touched on multiple times today, is uh, I, I can't stress how important it is for you to visit a campus at least once. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're from Texas or or California or Georgia, um, there are admitted student days that are held once a year that are very popular for those that can only fly out one time or an open house, uh, but we're continuing to hold virtual visits and trying to make those as realistic as possible. This year we were even doing, our tour guides wanted to do um, live campus tours. They weren't on Instagram or Facebook, but they were actually walking around with their phones, just talking to students, uh, just for <laughs> a regular uh, live experience. Uh, so visiting campus though is very important. I think that Completing your application is also important. Um, I think a lot of people say apply early, apply early, and students will start the application and then they think, eh, I don't really know. I'm, I'm looking at 10 schools. Maybe I won't complete this one. I want to encourage you to complete uh, your applications because your mind might change on how you're feeling uh, once you visit a campus. Um, and and that's okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that would be, I guess, my, my third. Yeah, those would be my top three pieces of advice. Well, those are great pieces of advice. And again, Troy, this has been a tremendous conversation with a lot of insight and advice. We really appreciate your time today. I'm so happy, Troy, because I know that this is going to help a lot of students and their parents through the process. So I can't thank you enough, and I look forward to having you again in the future. John, thank you very much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed this uh, with you. 
I'll have to come out and visit you and say, asset. You have to come and see our castle. Uh, My pleasure. Anytime, Troy. <laughs> look forward to it. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. This was great. Thanks so much, Troy. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.